0: How are you? This is a special Just Bloody Post-It podcast because it is our 100th episode. Thank you for coming. I'm Helen Perry, your host, and I launched this show in May 2021 to talk about the awkwardness, creativity and fun involved when you put yourself out there and market your work online. Every week we speak to someone who's doing it too to find out their tricks, advice, to understand their insecurities and why they do what they do. We've had too many awesome guests already to mention them all by name, but I am so grateful to everyone who's given up their time to record the show. It's a big ask. Come and sit with me for an hour for free. But it's you that makes it all worthwhile, dear listener. I love this thing the best, but it would be rubbish if I were just talking to myself. So keep telling your friends. The more, the merrier. And so to this week. Our guest is on a mission to help small businesses behave more like big businesses. So we make fewer mistakes and more money by asking our customers and followers the right questions. Customers,
1: clients, community, they don't always know. They know how they feel. They know what's pissing them off, what's making them happy but they don't always know what the solution is. So when people say, you know, customers don't know what they want, no, they don't, but they know how they feel and it's your job to figure that out and then think, this could really help them. You need to be exploring um, people's lives and stories and be really curious.
0: Katie Tucker is a product management and customer discovery consultant, which translated means she shows businesses how to talk to their customers so they find out what they really want. Side note, we don't often know or say what we really want then they can build things that people will buy. She's an author, and her book, Do Penguins Eat Peaches, is out in 2023. She'll explain what that means in a bit. Katie's background is in the corporate world, but she threw her life up in the air pre pandemic and took her young family on a big world trip. When they got home, she didn't want to go back and instead set out to share her market research skills with all of us. I can geek out over this stuff. I seriously think it's properly helpful. Listen carefully. I began by asking Katie what the big guys are up to that we're not.
1: There's a lot of egos involved in big companies as well in terms of this is my idea and I think we should build this. Um, The the, the product management team's role at market research is really to um, say, right, okay, we need to talk to our target audience. We're going to need to do like qualitative interviews, actually face-to-face like this or on Zoom. Um, And we need to do like 10 to 15 or we're employing an agency to help us do that for us. And then we'll have a structured question um, guide uh, the answers that, you know, that come from that will help us decide whether, yes, this is uh, a goer or actually, you know, this this pain isn't worth solving or it is a pain, but there's something else that's more important that might come out. Um, so it's a cycle. Um, you know, it's, you know, you learn, um, you test, you learn, test and learn, basically. It's like this, uh, this uh, cycle that you go through because there's a lot of money on the line. You know, there's millions of pounds on the line and they have shareholders and, you know, the, the stakes are quite high. Um, And some companies can afford to fail and make small failures, but increasingly, you know, they want uh, to make better decisions and they're putting money into the market research, insight teams, sometimes product managers themselves. If they haven't got an insight team, they will be doing that work of of talking to to, to the customer and then translating that insight so their business understands. Because it's like everything, like the more you get the customer at the heart of it. You know, you bring everyone along with you, and it's like sharing that um, insight as well within the company because, you know, all these other teams, marketing, um, IT, technology, they feel so far away sometimes. But if you get them really excited about, you know, close to the customer, whether that's listening in on a call or sharing the insights intentionally, all of a sudden you've got all these people that are like, yes, you know, they just, the enthusiasm comes. Um, So, you know, customers being the North Star is really really important and I always say to small businesses especially the ones that initially reluctant to pick up the phone or ask someone to have a one-to-one like interview conversation like every single time I've managed to get someone to do it afterwards they come back and say oh my god that was just amazing the revelation like the excitement of connecting with someone uh, and understanding them and the penny really drops and you know it's not It's not that hard to do from a skill perspective. It's more all the other stuff. You know, it's the fear of someone not liking your idea and, you know, the ego that shows up. It's more that, the barriers. And in my book, actually, I've got a whole chapter about the mindset because I think that's what holds small businesses back
0: more than anything. And we're using the word the words, small businesses, which I've spoken to my, my audience about before. Like, do you call yourself a small business? And quite a lot of people came back and said, no, I just call myself a business. That's not how, that's not how I see myself. And like, all things are fine, really. I think I probably do see myself as a small business. And I don't see that as a negative. I see it as Kind of what I'm doing, but small businesses need to behave like bigger businesses in order to make enough money to survive in just the same way. Um, You are putting, you maybe you feel like you're putting your heart on the line a bit more. Like you say, you know, if if you go, oh look, I've got this great thing, and everybody's like, "Mm, whatever. That's that hurts. But either you get them to tell you the truth before you put it on sale or you'll put it on sale and they won't buy it. So either way, you're going to feel bad if you haven't designed a product that is really meeting the need of your client. So small businesses, businesses, where do you start with this process of truly understanding your customer? What's your, where should someone begin when they don't have an agency on hand to carry out these interviews for them?
1: No, Absolutely. I think, I mean, the first thing, I think a lot of businesses or small businesses, like they do like embrace surveys. And um, because now there's so many platforms, you can do free surveys. So it's become like, okay, I'm I'm doing putting the survey out there, I've done my annual survey. Um, But what I really uh, push businesses to do is the interviews, um, the one to one interviews. um, And, you know, trying to figure out over the next, you know, you can do it short term over the next three months, what are the big um, decisions that you need to make or, you know, um, okay, am I going to launch an online course or am I going to do one-to-ones or is there an appetite for one-to-ones and just try and start unpicking the assumptions on which you're basing those ideas. And a lot, you know, sometimes you, your assumptions um, are right. You know, you're onto something, uh, never, it's rarely like the finished product, but you might be onto something. You've got, you've got, you've got a hunch, you know, it's normal. You're, you know, you're, you're within your community, you are picking up on things but it's just like you can't make the mistake of like going all in on something that you haven't properly tested or explored and researched. And I just want people for that to become more part of a process and not just when you're doing um, a new launch, which is probably the most obvious place to start. But even with marketing copy, you talk about this a lot as well, Helen, like what or you know what language are you using um, you could do you could start with that. you could start with okay i don 't seem to get much traction with my marketing. How do people like have conversations about how they you know um talk about doing their social media for example, or marketing themselves what you what words are they using and then use them back at them because what you think, like my big lesson about product management is that no one has a clue what that means, Katie, so you need to use market research and I think Helen it was a session that we had together when I said to you that first time about 18 <laughs> months ago I said oh this is what I do and you're like market research basically And I was like yeah yeah actually that's it that is it and you need that and you might not like all the words but it doesn't matter it's not about no you. no
0: it's don't get stuck on descriptions and words that you are like oh no that's not really it that's not really that doesn't really express the subtleties of my skill set it needs to be clearly understandable to the person on the receiving end of you know of your material of your socials of whatever um Right. So it's not just like, okay, it's not just a case of asking questions. We ask questions all the time. People run polls on their Instagram stories. We'll ask our friend, do you like this top or would you like to go on holiday next year? And in theory, everybody's like, yeah, awesome, amazing. So it's not just like asking questions, it's asking the right questions. Where do you see people go wrong with this?
1: The the biggest mistake that I see um, businesses going wrong is when they ask, when they've got an idea for something new um, and they ask people directly, you know, I've got an idea for a new, um, you know, women's gift subscription box. Um, Maybe you just sell candles for the moment and you're thinking, oh, actually I could, you know, there's a whole trend about um, monthly boxes. I'll do like a subscription box. Oh, I'm going to do this. You go out and you ask your audience, I'm thinking of this. um, What do you think? And, you know, nine times out of 10, especially the smaller business you are, I think people are more honest and open with big businesses because they couldn't give a shit really. But the smaller the (laughs) business, the the, the more likely people will tell you, oh yeah no that sounds yes. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea clearly they don't want to hurt your feelings they you know <laughs> they're gonna say yeah like,
0: oh that sounds super exactly what I've been looking for thank you so much for coming up with your amazing idea and then and then you put it out on sale and a load of people have told you they like it they're not but gonna buy it, it and it. That you, what's happened what's going wrong what's what's going wrong with the connection there Yeah, what I
1: call this um, uh, unicorn questions like because you're actually asking people to predict their future behavior. um, And humans aren't very good at that. Like that doesn't, you know, you could say anything. You know, I think everyone is, um, you know, healthier in the future. They're going to get up early and go to the gym in the future. They're going to stop this drinking so much in the future. But actually what you need to be focusing on is past behavior. Um, And I think that's um, if there's one thing people can take away is when you're asking people about ideas explore the concept in the past. So have you bought a subscription box before? Do you have any subscriptions at the moment? It could even be Netflix subscriptions. Look for evidence of behaviours that are going to support like what you're putting out there. And that will get you to, you know, the truth of whether these people are actually going to buy from you um, quicker and faster, because all these people that are saying yes, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. And then you ask them, you know, so okay, when was the last time you had a subscription box? And it's like, oh, actually, no, I've not, you know, I actually never had one. And you think, okay, you know, they might still buy it, but it's unlikely. So you really need to be looking for evidence. Yeah,
0: you've got a much bigger job to do to convince that person to sign up for their first subscription box than like their fifteenth because they love them. And they love the little surprise coming through the door. And for me, I would translate that to have you ever invested any money or time in your marketing? Have you ever done a course? And if 90% of my audience is like nah not really like either I need to get a new audience or I need to design a completely different product but if you're not in that I see I don't tend to run um specific kind of questioning conversations with people but I do feel like I'm constantly questioning my audience does it work that is that good enough yeah, I think that is
1: definitely. I think someone with a, a, you know, I like to say an established community like yourself, Helen. I think you're. You've got lots of. You've got multiple touch points already with them. You know, you've got your newsletter. You get people saying what they want when they respond. You're not guiding that conversation. You know, you're on your socials. You run small community groups. Um, that you know, you're asking questions. Then you know, you're doing it. Um, I'd like to say that you've kind of embedded that into day-to-day running of your business. If you were going to go and do something quite big, like an in-person three-day retreat, Helen, I'd definitely recommend that you'd want to kind of explore that a little bit more intentionally. But for 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 what you're doing now, you're you're kind of doing that trial and error test and learn, you know, feeding any um, insights or learnings into the next course that you run, you know, tweaking things. Um, And I think that's a, that's what we want. That's what I want people to be doing is like, it's not a stop and start exercise. It's not, oh, right now I need to do my market research. It's having a mindset where you're constantly listening, um, you know, with a big L, uh, whether that's, you know, reading in between the lines, looking at the comments on Instagram, what are people actually um, trying to say? Because they don't always know what they want. You know, customers, clients, community, they don't always know. They know that they know how they feel. Um, they know what's pissing them off, what's making them happy. But they don't always know what the solution is. So when people say, you know, customers don't know what they want. No, they don't. But they know how they feel. And you, it's your job to figure that out and then think, oh, wow, actually I could... This could really help them i 'm hearing all this stuff around pain points and doing my tax return. Maybe I could help like um, you know this type of business so you you need to be exploring um, people's lives and stories and be really curious um,
0: it's a really good point because you still have to do the heavy lifting like one of my least favorite bits of questioning i'll see and i'm you know this this is something that happens on instagram really more than anywhere else is what would when when a person asks what would you like to see from me what would you like me to do more of like putting all the energy onto the follower or the client to give them the answers is it's like it's like, I haven't got time for this. I haven't got time to sit there and go, oh, oh, what kind of content would I like to see like from Katie next? You know, it's just, that's not, that's not what you're, that's not what you're advising people to do.
1: No, absolutely. Yeah, no, it isn't. Um, that, that makes you look a bit um, clueless really. Um, and it's, you know, it's an easy, it's an easy place to get yourself into. You know, I think as small businesses, goodness, like there's so many times when, you're like, oh my God. You know, you wake up some weeks, you're like, what the hell am I doing? Like, is this all <laughs> is this uh is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Do
0: people want this from me? Uh, you know. And it really, really would be nice if somebody could tell us. It would be so it would be so nice. Yeah. <laughs> but there is a yeah, just a more
1: structured way. And it's just, you know, that thing about the future behavior. Another thing is just around like those open questions, you know tell me about the last time that you got really frustrated with, um, you know, newsletters or tell me like get people will then offer more than yes or no's or really short answers. And you'll get a sense of, um, you know, a story. That's what we're looking for. Customer stories, um, because that, you know, you learn just so much more and you can tweak things. And, you know, I'm just like I'm really annoying person. I'm just like a walking innovation ideas person like I'm in my clockwise uh, uh workspace at the moment and there's so many little things that I know that they could improve like if they followed me to the toilets and saw that there's nowhere to put my makeup um there's nowhere to hang like a bag in here like all these small things like if you're in a physical business or shops like observe people look at where the pain points are and um you can come up with so many easy cheap um ideas just to make people's lives a little bit better and making people's lives easier you're on a winner People want easy lives.
0: <laughs> and if you can see it all, oh man, it all comes back to stories, doesn't it? If you can see it all within a, within a story, like you can then sell into that story because then your marketing line is fed up of having nowhere to hang your bag. Da, 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 da. And, then, and then you're just, you're selling into the story, which makes it, and everybody's like, yes, I'm fed up of having nowhere to hang my bag. And then they buy the thing, the solution. I want to talk a bit more about you now. You got the book deal. Woo! I did. I did. Oh, my goodness. Like,
1: that is, um, as you were saying, it's really cliche to say, but it is a big dream come true. I've always harboured that thought that I would be an author at some point and from a very early age. And there's this great quote from this um, coach program that I watched on Netflix recently. It's like, what is delayed is not denied. And I really love that because... It's true. Like you know, we're we're kind of conditioned to think that we have to cram everything good or everything we want into our lives before we turn thirty. And it's like, actually, no. Like we've got a whole, we've got long lives. You know, we live we live a long time in this in this country. So getting a book deal at like forty two or forty three, I can't I can't even remember where I am. Um, is you know, I'm embracing that. I'm, I'm really really happy. And it wasn't, um, you know, I did that book challenge and that was with that publisher, the one I mentioned earlier, but I didn't win. And when I didn't win, I realised how much I wanted it because they announced the winner and and it wasn't me. And I was just, I just burst into tears and my daughter came in (laughs) and she was like, what's the matter? I said, I I didn't win it. And she was like, oh, you know, you obviously really wanted this. And I was like, yeah, actually I do. So I need to do something about, (laughs) I need to do something about this now because this is, I don't want really to regret um not you know not giving myself a chance so I kept in touch with the with the publisher and she actually got back to me like within 15 minutes of announcing who was the winner to say Katie I really like your idea but when I google you there's nothing like I'd just come back from my trip you know my business product jungle I didn't have a website I didn't have a newsletter I didn't have a social media I had nothing but I had this idea and I thought he, she said listen go away and you know build your brand um, and then come back to me, like keep in touch. And so that's what I did. And that really spurred me on to kind of get onto Instagram. Um, you know, I I'd, I'd built a, success, a successful following with my, you know, world family trip um, Instagram. So I was used to the platform, but, you know, starting out, it feels quite vulnerable. Like you're like, okay, here I am. Here's Katie. And this is what I do. Um, but I did it. And, um, you know, I just started the newsletter and just gradually just chipped away at it and kept saying, hi, Alison, like I'm still here. Here's my refined book uh, proposal. Like I really know what I'm doing now. You know, I've, I've spoken to all these small businesses, you know, I know what they need. So in a way the book proposal was stronger and, and I was in a better position, um, uh, to to carry the book as well. It's a risk for a publisher to have an author that has no, you know, online presence at all. They're not looking for hundreds and thousands of followers, but they are looking for a presence or that you're known for something, whether that's on LinkedIn or, um, you know, Instagram. And so, and then like, I got her on my email mailing list, by newsletter, which she said, oh, you know, Katie, um, don't be offended if I unsubscribe, I get so many requests. I was like, okay. And I just kept putting my newsletter out. Um, and I kept checking whether she was reading them, and she was opening them. And I was like, okay, okay, right, I'm going to go in again. <laughs> and then she said, listen, there's an email waiting for you. And then she said, yeah, she said, oh, I, you know, I'm going to give you a traditional publishing deal uh which means like all costs to to them and I was just like I ran downstairs crying Helen and then my partner literally thought that someone had died because I was just <laughs> I was in floods of tears and it, it, it took him like an hour to get over it it was like oh my god I really thought something
0: bad had happened I, I, I felt the, the shock and the dread of some awful news oh. coming oh, and um a but yeah and I story. And I just, yeah, I'm
1: just uh, really trying to like cherish the moment. Um, I don't know what you're like, Helen, but I, you know, in my life, I've tended to have these goals and, you know, you reach them. And you think, you know, like I really wanted to uh, have, um, you know, a second child and we struggled a lot with fertility. And I was like, okay, once I get this second child, that's it. I'm happy. Like I have nothing else to complain about. You get the child, (laughs) my lovely daughter. uh, And then and then no, like life slowly goes back to normal and then you want something else. We're going to do this trip. I'm going to set up my own business. I want a book deal. And, you know, I recently learned there's actually a term for it. I think it's called hedonistic treadmill. And it's basically the concept of like, just always, you know, not appreciating the journey because the goal itself, when you've, when you've completed that goal, your life never, it doesn't change. It go, you know, you have a brief, oh my God, great, fantastic. And then you go back to day to day, Katie's life and you have to, you can't just wait for those moments um, in life as if everything's going to be perfect.
0: The journey that you described, like that's the whole thing though, isn't it? That like, I really wanted this and I kind of, I went and did the hard work that was required in order to make it happen. Like your good thought was always there and it still is. And you know, maybe it's better than it was two years ago, but you know, your good idea was there, but you needed to do some work. You needed to take on board the feedback and go and do the hard stuff. And that's the thing that you can kind of look back on. I mean, yeah, getting a book out there is going to be amazing, but you can kind of look back and go, flipping heck really like that's a real learning experience like you say go I got rejected and I made it happen anyway absolutely and you know what that is
1: like you know I'm in the uh thick of writing at the moment you know, I've I've done 30,000 words I need to do 50,000 and I've hit a bit of a wall maybe because you know um I had a bit of a setback last week I had COVID and but I just have I just have that self-belief Helen that like you know Most things that I've done in my life that I've wanted to achieve, I've managed to do so. There's been some, you know, and it hasn't always been pretty um, and it hasn't always been consistent in like the I think in the way we we talk about it, maybe through marketing, but by, you know, um, hook or by crook. I know that this book will be a good book. Like, I'm not going to let anything else come out of me. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Otherwise, I just have to delay it. And just having that self-belief when things are a little bit more tricky, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, how am I going to do this? I don't like what I've written. It's not good enough. And I'm like, Katie, come on. Like you, You've proved to yourself time and time again that when you put your mind to something, Something good comes out the other end, and there's always going to be a messy bit in the middle. Um, I think uh, this is great. Author he calls it, it being in the belly of the beast at the moment, and that's what it is. It's like lonely, it's dark, and it's messy. Um, but you know, that's what happens. You have to you have to roll with it. And
0: you're wondering like how am I how am I gonna get how am I gonna get myself out of here? How am I gonna get myself out of here? This belly,
1: <laughs> you gradually claw yourself. you... you you claw yourself out of it. You, you know, you have to have a um, a good talk to yourself. And yeah, like I had a, I think I had a tendency of catastrophizing, like pre big world trip, like oh my goodness, oh my goodness, for lots of things. And I think it's just really, I've kind of chilled out quite a bit. Um, over the last few years and like lowered expectations. Like, I used to hold on to things so tightly when I wanted something or when I, but we can't control, you can only control yourself and you can't control everything else. So, it's just been a real blessing, really, like to go through quite, you know, some choppy years to come out the other end with a bit more of a calmer um, mindset. And it doesn't mean that I don't get the wobbles or I don't have self doubts. It doesn't. It's just, you know, I can get through this and um, and I won't beat myself up along the way.
0: <laughs> I wonder whether that is interestingly the secret to kind of actually making things, bigger things happen. Why is it called um, Do penguins eat Peaches? You know, the title
1: is really important for me. Some people can start writing the book without it, but I really needed a title, a bit like a roof on a house. I felt I needed it before I could decorate everything inside. And so I... I still need to put my daughter to bed um, or lie down on the floor next to her. So it gives me an opportunity to think like I used to get really annoyed about it. And now I just use it as an opportunity to write some stuff down. And I just I was like, okay, brain dump. And I was writing all these um, names down. And it was the last one on the list. I think I had penguins eat peaches and then I had do penguins eat peaches all different ways, maybe because I was in a kid's room. Um, I do have like a big size um, penguin in my living room as well, which, you know, subconsciously may. have. (laughs) I mean, what it's about, it's do penguins eat peaches? Like there's an assumption that penguins don't eat peaches. That's what most people um, tell me when I ask them this question. Um, But do how do we really know? Like, how do we really know? Uh, you know, who's asked a penguin whether they eat a peach? Has everyone, has anyone offered a peach to a penguin? Like, you know, you could go really deep into this. Um, also, you know, it's playful. There's an alliteration there. It seems to intrigue people, which what what you want a title to do. Intrigue, curiosity. Um, there is a subtitle that explains more um, what it's about. But um, I thought, yeah, why not? I love it.
0: <sighs> and the publisher loves it too. I can really see people going like, have you read Dupin? do penguins eat peaches rather than have you read small business marketing unlocked by katie tucker or something you know it's what it could have been it's like it sounds way sexier
1: no it's like and it's like so do penguins eat peaches and other unexpected ways of discovering what your customers want so it kind of backs up the oh and because it is about It's going to be about questions, how to ask good questions, how to get the right mindset, how to get out of your own way, what to do with the insight once you get it and how to then build it into your day to day practice, you know, without feeling overwhelmed. You know, I'm really keen to write a book that doesn't just add a whole nother layer of overwhelm on like smaller business owners, like who are already being told how to do marketing, how to do their own design in Canva. Like it's DIY, isn't it? Like we are supposed to be that learn how to do everything. And, you know, to make enough money, like if you're living in a, a city in in the UK, like to make enough money, you know, you have to do the maths. And sometimes it just doesn't quite um, add up, you know. Uh, and I think it's a real, real shame. So it's really going to be um, softer touch, um, but some real talk, because sometimes I think the biggest barrier is is yourself, like getting in your own way. So I'm really hoping that it resonates. With
0: readers um I've, that, so it's just a really big coincidence that yesterday in a pilates class yesterday evening like my business has evolved a little bit in the past year or two i mean as you would expect it to but uh last night i was like and I've been, I've been struggling to kind of like nail down exactly what I offer now as a result of that, I think. And I'm kind of cool with that because like you can be all kinds of things. Do we always have to be pinning ourselves down like into some sort of like massive brand statement? But what I, I had a moment last night and I was like, Do you know what it is that I can help people with is what and what I want to help people with is designing a marketing strategy that works for you brackets, because we can't do everything. Like, any one person cannot do Pinterest, YouTube, Facebook groups, um, awesome Instagramming, a regular newsletter. If you're seeing people who are doing that stuff, they've got an agency helping them with it, you know, or they don't do anything other than marketing. And that's all they do. You know, like, we've got to get real about what it's possible for one human to do alongside the work that earns the money where are you with that at the moment like you were doing Instagram you stepped back a little bit from that talk us through it
1: yeah so I think um you know Instagram like messed with my mind like big time at one point um and so you know I've learned to step away when I can't do it all and just have faith in the long game <clears> that the quality of my work is good. That you know, I have um, clients. I have like uh, corporate clients as well. You know, and that there's <clears throat> there's a whole world beyond social media. Um, I'd love to be doing Instagram. Um, you know, two or three times a week doing the stories. I've jumped over on TikTok, which I find because there's no expectation there from me. I just kind of find it uh, easier at the moment, but I haven't done that for a few weeks. My newsletter, Jungle Juice, is what I uh, have committed to. Um, doing every single week, um, and that is, you know, that's okay as well. It doesn't have to be like shared live anywhere for that work to mean something. And I think that is something that I've had to to realize and talk myself into because that's not what we're bombarded with. It's, you know, if you're not on, if you haven't got a big following, you're not going to be able to get a book deal. If you haven't got a big following, you're not going to be able to sell. You know, loads and loads of people are quietly succeeding on their terms, behind the scenes, without it. Um, And yeah, sure, if you're a very small business, that's your only outlet. Um, but I really like what you're saying about the marketing that works for you because we have to be realistic. We have to be honest with ourselves. It is not possible. You will burn out. And the people who, you know, you see people when they've got amazing um, socials and then at one point they go quiet, they go like dead for like, you know, three, three months. I've just seen that somebody else on Instagram. And I used to think, wow, their content is amazing. They come back, they've had a massive breakdown. they have burnt out. You know, they've had, um, they just couldn't keep up. It's not possible to keep all the fires burning. And we it's not just the business. We have lives, you know, partners, friends, kids. The conditioning is strong, Helen. You know, it really is. And even I just try to be as, you know, honest with myself and really aware of the thoughts that arise. Like, oh, I can feel it if I'm looking. I think, oh, my God, they've got their thing sorted. I'm like, it's fine, Katie. It's fine. You know, maybe they're, they're not doing something else. Like they've <laughs> taken their eye off the ball somewhere else because it's just not possible. Um, to do it all and I think a new approach needs to happen because it's not fair because everyone feels walking around feeling inadequate and that's not that's not good for anyone
0: and that's where I was going with it next it's like looking at it because it all also puts everything you're doing within the lens of it not being enough like so, you're do, you you're doing all the you're doing all this stuff. You've got a, a newsletter out there that's a really good read. Katie's newsletter is excellent. You've got a publishing deal. You've got an Instagram profile that you didn't have two years ago. It is it's a, it's brilliant. It's not
1: good enough, and that is it. It's, it is good enough. It is it is good enough. It's good enough, and I've got you know, and that's that thing that you know, wanting the next thing. It's like you know, I wanted this book deal for so long. Like I've got it. Like, why are you? Why am I even worrying about the other stuff? You know, I've got um, at the moment like Touchwood. Like, I've got a regular corporate client. I do one to one. Sometimes I don't really advertise. I don't really need to do them as much anymore. But I learn a lot from small businesses when I do it. But I just. Um, Yeah. And I just real life as well. I think, you know, increasingly people are meeting outside and just having conversations, making connections, hooking up on LinkedIn. I can get things done um, without actually having to do um, too much of the social media. Although, you know, I know what needs to be done. It's not that I don't know what strategy to do or what type of content. I do know. I just either can't be bothered or I don't have enough time right now or my, you know, my priorities shift and that's fine. You know, I know I'll come back and I'll be like raring to go back again on Instagram. Um, but as long as I keep one thing going, which I think the newsletter, and I think you're the same, Helen. It's just that consistency. It's like that foundation. You show up, you put it out there and you keep building um that newsletter list which you know I have been absolutely rubbish at growing my newsletter list I get such good feedback such good open rate but am I shouting about it no but I could but I'm not at the moment I will at some point when I'm ready
0: <laughs> you will um and it's all it's all I mean I've just loved watching what's been happening for you Kate I can't wait to see the book come out can we pre order it yet no not yet not yet the, the front cover's
1: just being tweaked at the moment Ooh,
0: um exciting yeah really yeah, no, but i'm
1: really excited it's just after like yeah just get my head down and um keep writing
0: <laughs> all right listen i'm going to invite you back one day this has been such a good chat i feel like we could have kept it going thank you helen thank you for coming Katie, what a superstar. I'm so looking forward to reading her book. Go and check out the show notes for how to connect with her. I am here for much more honest discussion about how much marketing it is realistic for a small business owner or solo creative to do. What do you think? Are you here for it too? Send me a message on Instagram and share this episode with your friends if you enjoyed it. Finally, Sue's the producer, thanks mate for making this show sound excellent always. People are often commenting on it. We'll be back next week with episode 101, the last in series six. It flies by every time. See you there. Bye.